Welcome to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I am your host, Isaac Wolf. We got a lot of playoffs to talk about. First, the play-in tournament. We're going to recap that from Tuesday to Friday. It concluded last night in L.A. And then I'm going to give you my playoff predictions because first game tips off in less than a half hour. Mavs Jazz from Dallas. The Mavericks will be without Luka Doncic. More on that later. As for the play-in tournament, the Cavs and the Nets kicked it off. Brooklyn started out really hot. I mean, they had a 20-point lead after the first quarter, 40 to 20. They shot 71%. Kyrie made his first 12 shots. His first miss came in the fourth quarter on a three, and it rimmed out. The Cavs cut the lead to six late in the fourth, but back-to-back Durant jumpers made it a 10-point lead, and they never looked back, winning 115 to 108. Kyrie finished with 34 points and 12 assists, 12 of 15 shooting. All three misses were on threes. Kevin Durant, 25 points, 11 assists. The role players for Brooklyn stepped up big time. Bruce Brown, 18 points. Andre Drummond, 16. Nick Claxton, 13. So despite zero points and an 0 for 4 shooting night from Seth Curry in 33 minutes, they still won, which is actually pretty impressive. They will face the Celtics in the first round. This is going to be a great matchup. An elite offense versus a really good defense. As for the Cavs, they go on to face the winner of the 9-10 game, which we will talk about in a second. But first, T-Wolves Clippers happened after the game in Brooklyn. The Clippers had a pretty consistent 5-8 to point lead throughout the first half until there was a 15-6 to run by Minnesota to end the first half. And this was all with Towns on the bench in foul trouble. He got he had four fouls in the first half. Then in the fourth quarter, once the Clippers took their biggest lead of 10 points with nine minutes left, Minnesota came roaring back again without Towns, who fouled out with seven minutes and 34 seconds left. He finished with 11 points, led by D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards and key defensive plays by Patrick Beverly at the end, which sealed the deal. The Minnesota Timberwolves won this game despite Towns struggling 109 to 104 they get the seven seed and face the grizzlies in the first round again cat with just 11 points and five rebounds in 24 minutes edwards and russell though 59 combined points 15 or excuse me 30 from ant and 29 from delo patrick beverly seven points 11 rebounds three assists and a few key stops and steals late you saw him celebrate like he won the championship right after the game ended still in the scorers table and faced the crowd i understand this is this is a young team but you should be a little more professional. Like you didn't win, you didn't win the finals. You won the playing game to get into the playoffs. You didn't even win a playoff game or a playoff series. But let them enjoy their moment. They'll, I think, they're bound to get bounced by Memphis. The Hawks and the Hornets, the nine ten matchup in the East. After starting. Uh, after the game started 13-13, to the Hawks went on an 11-0 run, largely due to guys other than Trey Young. He had a rough start, made his first shot, but missed his next eight. Kevin Herter started out three of three from three. DeAndre Hunter added three. Capella added a few inside buckets. The Hornets, you know, they're, they're still just too young. They're lacking experience. They fell behind early despite stopping star they stopped trey young for the most part they were scrambling to cover anyone else though the three-point line was wide open way too often then the hawks exploded for 42 points in the third quarter broke the game wide open and the horns for the second straight year were embarrassed in the play-in tournament 132 to 103 was the final score last year the hornets lost 144 to 117 to the pacers so obviously (laughs) they didn't get better (laughs) 
Miles Bridges got ejected from this game in the second half. Fined $50,000 for chucking his mouthpiece and hitting a girl in the stands. I think he was aiming for a man who was jawing directly at him and, and missed him. But Bridges immediately apologized on Twitter and asked to get into contact with the girl. So at least he tried to help and felt bad. But tough end to an encouraging season for the Hornets. In my opinion, they're a big away from being a legit playoff team. But this team... I mean, this, this team is young, but they have sky-high potential. And a true big man, you know, they need an upgrade from Mason Plumlee in order to take that next step, I think. Because Bridges and Ball have set a great foundation for the future of this team. Someone like Miles Turner, I think, would help a lot. It's not going to put them in championship contender, uh, contention by any means, but it would make them a solid, you know, probably at the highest of five seed. Hawks-Cavs. This was the game for the eighth seed in the East. The Cavs had great energy at the home arena in the first half. Built a 14-point lead. But right before the half, the Hawks were chipping away. And then Evan Mobley pump fake. Clint Capella fell for it. And once Capella landed and Mobley went back up, Capella basically grabbed Mobley by both shoulders and threw him back. And... Mobley fell into Capella. Capella hyperextended his knee, which was his own fault. And he was out for the rest of the game. His status is unknown for the first round. It looked like the Hawks might lose hope with the Cavs' size because Jared Allen was playing in this game. He did not play against the Nets. But Trey Young carried them in the second half. Scored 12 straight in the third. Got Atlanta on an 11-0 run midway through the fourth. Just six points in the first half, 32 in the second half. Most ever in a second half for him. The Hawks now claim the eighth seed and will play the Heat in the first round. Clint Capella's status, we still are not sure. They don't know if it's significant structural damage or not. Right now, they're just calling it a hyperextension, but I doubt he's available for game one. Which means Bam Adebayo, if Clint Capella is not there, should dominate this series and the Heat should wrap it up quick. But I like Trey Young rising to the moment in the playoffs. We saw it last year with New York. He took... The Hawks all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then in this game against the Cavs, I think the Hawks are potentially a threat to Miami in the first round, depending on how many games Capella plays. Clippers-Pelicans was the final game to get into the eighth spot in the West. No PG for the Clippers because he tested positive for COVID like the morning of the game. So... That was going to be a huge, tough adjustment for the Clippers. The Pelicans built a lead in the first half thanks to a great shooting percentage. They were like in the 60s, I think. And then at the end of the first half and the start of the second half, the Pelicans were up 56 to 41. And then the Clippers went on a 34 to 6 run. That lasted from like a minute left in the second quarter to about three, four minutes left in the third. So the Clippers outscored the Pelicans 38 to 18 in the third quarter. And right when the Clippers grabbed their biggest lead in the fourth quarter, they went up by 13. There was a 27 to 7 run by New Orleans to respond. This game was insane. The the amount of crazy runs back and forth that we saw. Maybe not the amount, just like how far they were down and how far they came back. Brandon Ingram led this comeback for New Orleans. He finished with 30 points. The Pelicans took a seven-point lead with under two minutes to go. The Clippers came back with five straight points, but a couple missed free throws late. It created some drama, but the Pelicans finished the job, winning 105-101. to They go on to face the Suns in the first round. 
Give credit to the Clippers for fighting all season without their two All-Stars. Kawhi didn't play at all. PG only played 31 games. No doubt their depth and veteran savvy on top of the superstars, uh, on top of the superstar power, would have made them a contender. Because in this game, Reggie Jackson, who took a big leap in production this year, had 27. Marcus Morris had 27. Norman Powell, 17 off the bench. Robert Covington, 17 off the bench. Ivica Zubats, 8 points as well. You know, they could have used a little more production from Terrence Mann, who was last year's playoff hero, and Nick Batum. They had six combined points. But I would argue if PG, if he was there, would have put the Clippers in the playoffs. But that's not what happened. New Orleans is in. They play Phoenix in the first round. I predicted, I'm proud of this, I predicted everything right except for the Clippers-Pelicans game because PG was out and I didn't know he would be. If you told me PG was out, I probably would have put my money on the Pelicans. Now it is time four playoff predictions we're gonna start with the western conference because honestly i think the east is gonna be more entertaining so let's start with the west the one versus eight matchup suns and pelicans give me the suns in five i think mccollum and ingram that duo is talented enough to take one game at home whether that's when they're down 3-0 or 2-0 whether that game three or four I don't know, but I think the Suns are going to close it out on their home court in game five. I think the Pelicans will take one of the five games. In the two versus seven matchup, Grizzlies and Timberwolves. This is going to be exciting, but I think it's going to wrap up quick. I'm going to say Grizzlies in five just because they've been so dominant all season. And the Timberwolves, even though they their roster might be older than the Grizzlies. However, I think the Grizzlies have better chemistry. It, it really depends on how the superstars play for Minnesota. If, if Russell, Edwards, and Towns give you, say, 20, 20, 30 every night, this is a different series. But I think Edwards is going to be a little inconsistent in his first playoff series. I think I, I really don't know what to expect from D'Angelo Russell because there are games when he can go for 35, and then there are games where he goes for 13. Towns is going to give you what he gives you. He's going to give you 25 and 10, 30 and 15 some games, maybe even throw a 35, 40-point game in there. But I think I think the Grizzlies are just, you know, a better unit, if that makes sense. So I'm going to go with the Grizzlies in five. In the three versus six matchup, the Warriors and the Nuggets, this all depends on the health of Steph Curry, who who rejoined practicing with the Warriors, I believe it was earlier this week. He is expected to play in game one. And with that being the case, I'd say it may take him one or two games to get back to, you know, fully down his stealth. I think he's kind of rushing the return. I think he's kind of rushing the return just to get back for the playoffs. So I'm going to say Warriors in six. I think Nikola Jokic is definitely going to get one game against this team. But depending on if Steph has, you know, an off night or two, depending on what his, what his, uh, I forget, was it his wrist or his injury or his ankle? I would, oh, it's his foot. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Warriors in six. And, it, you know, that could... That could definitely change depending on the health of Steph Curry. In the four versus five matchup, we got another issue with injury. The Mavericks and the Jazz are playing each other. And Luka Doncic has a calf strain that he suffered in the last game of the regular season. So he is out for game one, potentially game two as well. If he's out for game one, if he's just out for game one, I'm going to say Jazz in six. If he's out for games one and two, I'll say Jazz in five. Luka is talented enough 
to carry this team to a couple wins in this series. But not if he's at not at 100%. He doesn't have Porzingis anymore. This team really... <laughs> I mean, this, is, this team is Luka. The Mavericks, without Luka, are not good. <laughs> I mean, Jalen Brunson can step up and give you 20. But other than that, they don't have a lot of talent, especially not enough to compete with the Jazz, who have been in these playoff you know, intense playoff matchups for the last three, four years consistently, I think their experience is going to um, override the Mavericks <laughs> roster, if if you will. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say Luka's going to come back in game two and the Jazz are going to win in six. In the East, the 1-8 matchup is Heat and Hawks. I'm going to say Heat in five because of the Clint Capella injury. I think Bam Adebayo is probably going to average like, 2010 and 8 or 2010 and 6 without Klinkapa. He, I mean, he's going to have Onyeka Okongwu guarding him, and I think he should eat him alive. So I'm going to say Heat in 5, although I like Trey Young a lot, and I think he's going to have multiple 30 point games in this series. The 2 7 matchup is can you even call this an upset? Celtics, Nets. Like, the Nets are the more talented team. Are they the better team? Nah, probably not. At this moment in time. But are they the more talented team? Of course. Of course they are. I'm going to say Nets in six. Because I'm not counting out Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the same team. And Kyrie's available for all seven games in the series. If it must go that far. Which I think it could. This is going to be very interesting to see how the Nets attack the inside with Robert Williams out for the Celtics. I think, honestly, I think that injury is what's going to help the Nets you know, wrap this series up quicker or, or, or even win this at all. But obviously the superstar power of Katie and Kyrie are going to carry them. I'm going to say Nets in six for that matchup. In the three, six matchup in the East, we got Bucks and Bulls. At first, I thought this was going to be the only series that won seven games. And then I thought more about it. I'm like, the Bulls are like, what is it? 0-16 against the top three teams in the East. So clearly, while they were they were at number one for a while, they were elite at the beginning of the season, and then they kind of you know leveled off in the second half after the All Star break. And I don't have a lot of confidence. <laughs> I don't have I don't have a lot of confidence in them the way they're playing right now. I think the Bucks they know what to do. I think they're ready to go back to back, at least in terms of appearances to the finals. So I'm going to say Bucks in five. I really don't think the Bulls are good enough to compete with the Bucks, the Sixers, the Nets, the Celtics, uh, the Heat. They're a different story, but I'm going to say Bucks in five. For the 4-5 matchup, Sixers-Raptors, this is going to be more competitive than people think because the Raptors defensively are a very good match for the Sixers. Can they stop Embiid? Probably not. But can Scotty Barnes lock up James Harden? Potentially. I mean, James Harden is... Let's face it, he is not playing well right now. He has not been playing well at all. And, I mean, if you're a Sixers fan, you need him, if you're the Sixers, you need him to step up. You need him to score at least 25 a game. Like, he's had games where he's had like 11 points, 13 points, 18 points, 16 points. That's not going to cut it in the playoffs. Especially when you have a lack of shooting around you. Like, Harden can't just kick out the entire game. 
Maxie's going to knock a few threes down. Tobias Harris will knock a few threes down. Danny Green can shoot. Matisse Thibel, not really. He's I think he's under 30%. James Harden needs to take over when he needs to take over. Joel Embiid's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to probably average 30 like he did in the regular season. But James Harden is the most important part of the Philadelphia 76ers title run this postseason. And this this matchup with the Raptors defense in the first round is going to be very, very interesting. I've got Sixers in six, though, just, you know, based off of the talent from a talent standpoint. In the second round, I got the one seed versus the five seeds, Suns and Jazz. I'm going to say Suns in six. The Jazz, you know, they've they've got they have the same team that they've had for the last three years and they haven't gotten better. They've stayed the same. Have they gained more experience? Yes. But have they gotten better? No. They were the one seed last year. Or was that two years ago? They were the one. No, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah, they were the one seed last year. But now they're the now they're the five seed. But I got the Suns because, you know, <laughs> the Suns, I think they're winning in six games. I think they're going to, you know, roll pretty easily through. Not easily, but... They've dominated all season. They've got, what, 64 wins, I think. Best record in the league. I mean, I don't see anybody stopping them. The other matchup I have is the 2-3 matchup, the Grizzlies and the Warriors. This is where the Grizzlies experience will come back to bite them. Yes, they played so well all season. Yes, they were 20-2 and without John Moran or whatever it was. But the Warriors have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, who are all three-time champions. They have Andrew Wiggins. Kevon Looney has played in all 82 games. He may be the most consistent player besides McCal Bridges in the NBA in terms of production and his role. I'm going to say Warriors in five. I think the championship experience is just going to dismantle the young, hopeful Grizzlies. In the East, I have the one seed against the four seed, the Heat and Sixers. I really don't think the Heat are legit. I never thought they were the entire season. We'll see. I haven't really watched a lot of them, but I'm taking superstar power over over Miami. I'm taking Sixers and Six in this series. I'm really not a believer in the Heat, and if they prove me wrong, so be it. But I have not believed in the Heat since the beginning of the season. I figured they were going to be a pretty good regular season team. I think they had – I think I – had him as my like three seed preseason, you know, with the addition of Kyle Lowry. But when it comes to superstar power, which is what you need in the playoffs, they don't have it. Jimmy Butler's a star. He's not a superstar. And the bubble, yes, they went to the finals in the bubble, but that was just different. I mean, that entire that entire situation was just different for everyone. And it was weird. But anyway, Sixers and six. And then I have the seven seed against the three seed, the Nets and the Bucks. This is going to be a rematch of last year's second round. And I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. This all depends on the health of Ben Simmons. Honestly, for me, I'm going to say Bucks in seven. And I think Ben Simmons is back by this point because people are saying he could return for anywhere between games four through six in the first round against the Celtics. But last year, I think, was the Nets' best shot. I think last year the Nets had a better team than they do this year. Now, Kyrie Irving was injured after he got injured in game four, I think. And they had to play games five, six, and seven without him. And then Harden was dealing with a bum hamstring. KD did everything he could. So, you know, it's hard to compare, actually, because I think the way Kyrie's playing now is better than at, than any point James Harden was playing on the Nets. 
So I'm still going to say Bucks in seven because of Giannis and Middleton and Holiday and their chemistry. I think as long as those three are on the floor together, they're going to win games. As for the Nets, yes, they have Kevin Durant. Yes, they have Kyrie Irving, but their chemistry has been lacking all season. They really still haven't figured it out. And then you throw Ben Simmons into the mix in the playoffs. That's going to be a huge adjustment. And I don't think it's, I think it might honestly be a, yes, it's a plus in terms of, man, I'm trying to find the words right now. It's it's a plus, but it also could be really bad just because of, chemistry reasons yes Ben Simmons is going to be a great playmaker and defender and maybe the Giannis stopper but last time we saw Ben Simmons in the playoffs he passed up a wide open layup I have no confidence in Ben Simmons whatsoever right now so I'm going to say Bucks in seven basically because the Bucks have better chemistry so my conference finals are the Suns against the Warriors and in the West, and then I have in the East the Bucks and the Sixers. Two very interesting matchups: the Suns and the Warriors. I'm gonna say Suns and Six because <laughs> just watch, just watch the Phoenix Suns, man. They're the best team in the league. They are the best team in the league right now, and I think, I think the Warriors' time has come. Like, yes, they're in championship contention. With a healthy Steph, Clay, and Dre. But the Suns are here, man. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden. They are on the rise. And I've got the Suns beating the Warriors in six games. And then in the East, Bucks, Sixers. This will be a great... Uh, honestly, we would all love Nets, Sixers. That's what I wanted to put here. I wanted to see the Nets and the Sixers in the conference finals. Which is possible. It's really possible. But, I, I mean, I think the Bucks. They, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And against the Sixers, yes, they're still figuring things out with James Harden. It really all depends. If James Harden plays the way we know he can, the Sixers are going to be in the NBA Finals. If he plays the way he's been playing these last 10, 15 games, <laughs> they're not going that far. They're, they're just not without... James Harden being productive. Embiid can do all he wants. Embiid can score 45, have 15 rebounds, six assists, two blocks, three steals. And Harden could have, you know, 12 points and five assists, and they lose. I I don't have a lot of confidence in James Harden right now, and that's why I'm going with the Bucks in seven games. Which means... We have a Suns-Bucks rematch in the finals, and this time it is the Suns' turn. It is the Suns' turn. They are the better team this year. They they know what they did wrong last year against the Bucks, and they can fix it. I think the Suns are going to win this one in six. I think it's the Suns' turn to win in six games. So there you have it. I think the Phoenix Suns, I don't think anybody in the East is going to beat the Phoenix Suns. I thought the Sixers could be a championship favorite when they got James Harden, but since I've seen him play since that trade, I don't have much confidence. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Nets' chemistry. Do I think their superstar power could carry them to the finals? Of course. Of course it could. But I don't think either of them, if they get to the finals, will beat the Phoenix Suns because they've just been the best team from the beginning of the year, and I don't think that's going to change. So there you have it. My NBA playoffs predictions. 
Today, the first game, Jazz, Mavs, no Luka Doncic for Dallas. That starts at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Followed by Timberwolves, Grizzlies at 3.30. Then Raptors, Sixers at 6. Nuggets, Warriors at 8.30. I love pretty much every matchup this year. It's going to be so much fun. This this year's playoffs are going to be a lot of fun to watch. We'll be back after games one and two of each series. So we'll recap the first two games of each series in the next episode.